0: everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Aliza Kelly, and today I am with Case Kenny, the Chicago-based host of the Apple Podcast Top 100 New Mindset Who Dis. What an amazing accomplishment, as well as a recording artist, DJ, and producer creating dance music guided meditations. Case is also the creator of best-selling Mindfulness Journal, the New Mindset Journal, the Dating Workbook, Single is Your Superpower, and the anti-anxiety journal, Unbothered. We also just did Case's chart. And even though I am not going to work with an ambiguous time of birth, we know that Case is an Aries sun with a Scorpio moon. Actually, I'm not sure if you have a Scorpio moon. It's possible that you have a Sagittarius moon because we don't know your time of birth. We, we don't know, but we still have a lot to work with. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to dig into that. I should have done some research. I should have texted my mom to get the exact time, but uh, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, m-
0: moms always appreciate a time of birth text. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no question of about course, it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, my first question for you is with, with so much of your brand being around new mindset, who dis? What was the old mindset?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I assume it was, you know, old mindset. Who dis? I mean, it was it was one that just lacked self-awareness. You know, I everything I do on the podcast, even though I tend to talk a lot about dating, um, is broader. It's all about mindfulness. And all mindfulness is, in my opinion, is self-awareness. And I think it took for me in my life, I'm 33 now, um, just kind of a, a mental mindset reset to be more self-aware of of every aspect of my life that's why am I doing what I'm doing why do I have the goals that I have are they even my goals are they other people's goals am I living the life that's true to me or am I living a life that's true to other people and I'm borrowing their truth I don't really know so like the past five years have been just a lot of introspection a lot of reset a lot of just I would just say ownership of of my mindset and my intention
0: and I mean from an astrological perspective that would completely align with your Saturn return, which starts for you, it was at the beginning or at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Um, It is from an astrological point of view, this is like when we become our own person. It is when we differentiate self from other. It is when we start to be able to have autonomy. Um, For the first 29 years of our life, we are very much in the state of reaction. We are responding to the life and to the circumstances and to our family and to society and blah, 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 blah. And then on the other side of Saturn return, we're like, no, this is actually who I am. I'm going to step into this. I'm going to show up. It's amazing. Like, you know, generally speaking, most people are kind of forced to answer that call because it's just there's not really a way around it. But some people still resist it into their 30s and then move into their 30s still sort of like, uh, not taking the time to create that alignment between what you actually want and what circumstances are happening in your reality. So I'm curious, especially since you didn't know, or I'm assuming you had limited knowledge about your Saturn return. What was it for you that catalyzed that interest in self-awareness? Yeah,
1: it's pretty simple. Uh, yeah, it was when I was, uh, 29, late 29, I had been in a relationship for about three years. Um, prior lived together whole thing and also at the time I was very invested in my job that I had at the time a job in sales so I was very invested in my career very invested in the relationship which I think was appropriate but then the relationship ended and I kind of hopped out of that and I was like wow you know with that part of my you know life not being such a defining factor anymore like who who am I what of what of like what are my goals what am I about like you know what what Kind of not selfish, but like self-focused efforts, should I be striving for? Because it seemed everything else was focused on success in the career, girlfriend, things like that. Hopped out of that, and I was just like, who? Who am I? Um, and that was that was kind of the the catalyst. There wasn't some you know like life-altering moment. I just think coming out of that relationship, which ended rather quickly, and then looking at my job at the time, I was like, just what am I doing? And I started the podcast as a result. I was like, "What's a way?" I've I've always written online. I've always been an online, you know, business owner and, and entrepreneur. But I was like, "What's a way that I can challenge myself?" to push myself to ask myself these questions. And I was like, well, podcasting, you know, it, it's it's a way to be really vulnerable and real. It's easy to hide behind words that you write online. You can edit it and edit it and edit it. What's something that I could do to like really push myself to do that? And I was like, "A well, podcasting. Um, so I just started to do that and ask myself these questions live on the air, on the podcast. And uh, it's been really good. I always say that podcast for me is like my own form of therapy Um, and obviously it helps other people at the same time. So it's a win-win and I've been doing it for three years ever since.
0: So I totally understand like, where am I, what's going on? Who am I doing this for? What are my goals? Like, is there something deeper? Is there a sort of a, a more universal truth that creates the through line for my life and the choices that I'm making? But I'm curious as to how like mindfulness and spirituality, I don't know if you would define it as spirituality, but I would define it as spirituality, how that became a component of the work. Was that something that you were always sort of curious about? Is that something that was, um, that the questions kind of facilitated or was there already a foundation for that thought?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's a, big part of what I was looking for. I think previously, like all of what you just referenced for me went hand in hand with like a search for fulfillment, a search for purpose. And I think prior to kind of that being the catalyst, I was um, like, like many people, like borrowing definitions of fulfillment and purpose from other people um, simply because I didn't really know, right? You know, fulfillment in life for me is having a good job. Having a, a healthy relationship, that's fulfillment. That means that my purpose on earth has been fulfilled. I'm not messing up. I'm not missing out. I'm doing the right things. And that was kind of always my ML. Like, oh, I, well, I got to work harder at this job because success um, is the proof that, you know, you're on earth for a reason. Oh, you got to, you know, have a healthy relationship and a girlfriend who supports you and you supports them. That's great. You know, that means that you're lovable and you're able to love. That's fantastic. Um, and in my mind, those were like definitions of fulfillment. And I think, Coming out of that relationship and taking a look at my job, I was like, "Yeah, those are all well and good, but like, I didn't define those for myself through trial and error, through introspection, through a more spiritual, deep-seated level." And I popped out, and I was like, "I really needed to define those for myself." And if it turns out that those are the same things that are important to me, that's great. But I need to get my hands dirty. I need to be first person in my life instead of borrowing these from other people. Um, and it was kind of just like that little little catalyst it was like but mostly it was it was what is my purpose like I like there's got to be a reason why I'm on earth like it can't just be to do these things and that's all well and good I think I always had this inclination and my parents always really encouraged me creatively that everyone's been given some kind of special skill in life um, and I think I was stuck on this idea that it has to be super tangible like oh you got to be a great singer a great athlete a great business person I'm like well I'm not really any of those things so what's a guy to do? So I think it went hand in hand with really tapping into like, what is my skill in life? Um, And that aligned me with fulfillment and purpose. Um, And then that led to everything else, which is just like centeredness and confidence, and just like more mindfulness. Now I look at everything through the lens of, is this honoring um, my ability to be impactful? Is this honoring the intention that I have in life in general? So it's kind of all goes hand in hand. But yeah, I think it was really that search for like, personalized fulfillment for myself. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I'm curious. uh, And, you know, obviously, if I'm wrong here, you can correct me. But from my vantage, it seems like you are a straight white male, right? I am thinking, um, I don't know what it's like to be in your position. And I don't know what it's like to have to grow up with the kind of stresses and responsibilities that somebody in your demographic in society has. But from my understanding, or at least from the way that I have sort of like, you know, moved through the world in these 31 years that I have been alive, I definitely have noticed that men, you know, or our concept of what it means to be a man, boy to man, does not come with the same kind of emotional tools that I think that women are offered and that women are also told that it's okay for us to seek did you find that to be a truth in your process as well
1: yeah absolutely i mean i i mean you know i'm not one to really buy into like broad spread clichés and things but i mean it is true i mean like the the sensitivity tools in a man's arsenal are seriously diminished compared to a woman just naturally how men are conditioned to think and act and perceive themselves um, there's absolute truth to that whether you call it, you know, men aren't willing to be as vulnerable, emotional, sensitive, whatever you want to call it. Um, absolutely. I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, I, was, I was very closed off. Not because I necessarily thought that that wasn't being masculine, but it was just just like happened, you know, when you mm-hmm. are raised and you grow up uh, as a man or as a person or whoever, like I found that to be true. And, you know, I've leaned very much so now into this idea of, you know, being sensitive as a superpower but it being balanced by the great things about being a man, about, you know, having some of that bravado and some of that like ego and some of those things is about balance. And I think before um, I saw, you know, a definition of a confident case was one where the scales were very tipped um, towards the end of ego. Um, And now I'm just so bought into, you know, holistic mindfulness, which is very inclusive of being as vulnerable as possible. And, vulnerability is something that I think scares a lot of people off. I just think vulnerability is honesty, I think radical honesty, radical candor is the greatest thing in a man or a woman. And I think I've just redefined that for myself um, and helped redefine that for some other people. And it's just, you know, maybe this would have happened normally just through growth. I think every, every man or woman, as you get into your thirties and later, you realize that you were kind of silly in your twenties and you overlooked a lot of things that you possess that are great and powerful. Um, but I, I think, Pushing myself to be more mindful ultimately led me here uh, much quicker, and now I'm a you know big evangelist for it, obviously.
0: So. so then this leads me into like where we're really going to have some fun, which is that you, but uh, you told. My assistant who helped schedule this podcast you didn't know your big three your sun moon and rising we put in the information that we have you definitely should have texted your mom but that's okay we can we can we'll make do with what we have but i'm curious about from your perspective and now i want that radical fucking honesty like how do you perceive astrology do you like what do you think about astrology as people who practice astrology the astrology moves. what in whatever dimension it has come to you and you have received it like, what are your thoughts from your perspective on it?
1: Yeah, full honesty, I, I I, think it's, I'm curious about it. I respect anyone who is really into it or only a little bit into it. I think if we're being totally honest, I think in, in my past, um, I am in the self-help space, which like I'm very cynical towards, which is funny because I host a very popular podcast and have all these things. And I am, by definition, a self-help person. Um. But I, I think I, I'm cynical towards a lot of elements of it, some of which are you know, just little cliches and things like that. And my reaction to astrology has always been, you know, a, a sense of, uh, of questioning when people place so much like onus on the decisions that they make or the people in their lives as a direct result of astrology and signs and things of that nature, and you know, as someone who knows nothing about it, I try to be very open-minded to be like, I- I'm sure there's cause and effect. I'm sure there's patterns. I-, I absolutely, I've just always been hesitant to hop on board a you know cause and effect. Type train where people, I don't want to say blame, or, or where people, you know, place so much weight uh, of of signs, whether it's themselves or their partner, or the way that, you know, they're feeling or something like that on that. But like, that's, that's the way it's always been. So it's been, you know, cautious optimism towards it without knowing anything about it. But I, you know, I always, always try to stay open minded and, and sensitive to the fact that, um, you know, there's much more than I'm aware of. And then I know, so I'd love to, love to learn more.
0: So this is an ad break, but this is also an opportunity to take a quick break. Check in with yourself. Unclench your jaw, relax your shoulders, just be where you are, feel where you are, and breathe. This is so important to me, and we can all use a reminder to check in with ourselves. And this is exactly why I am so thrilled to have partnered with Calm the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. And if you go to calm.com slash Aliza, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content is added every single week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com/Eliza. Go to calm.com/Eliza for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com/Eliza. Well, you know, it's interesting because my audience, I think, oscillates between 89 and 90 percent female. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like I have read charts for thousands of people over my years as an astrologer. And I would say that of those thousand, the, the male clients that have sought me out independently from their girlfriend or wife buying them a session is probably under 50. So it's,
1: it's just,
0: yeah, it's, and it's kind of like chilling (laughs) in a way it is. It's really crazy. And it's, it's a shame. I honestly think because, uh, the, the work of astrology is, is so much more sophisticated, so much more thoughtful. It's such an amazing language set for understanding self, understanding other, being able to open up conversations about what I think one of the most challenging things is multidimensionality, you know, especially I know that a big topic that you cover is the topic of dating Mm -hmm. and in astrology there's, you know, archetypes and there's definitions for the fact that we might say that we want things that are actually different than our needs, you know, like, and we have a language set for that in astrology, which is one of the reasons I think that it's such a remarkable, such an incredible tool, but the numbers don't lie. You know, it doesn't, there's, there's, no question that the majority of people, at least who have come into my orbit, no pun intended, that are interested in astrology are predominantly like vast majority female. Why do you think speaking on behalf of literally all men in the entire world, which is a totally normal thing to do? Why do you think that is the case?
1: It's a good question. I don't know. I think even with you saying that, I was like, why I try digging into like my own hesitancy call it. I think maybe it's like a unwillingness to like relinquish some control like from a male's perspective like you know again i'm i'm so unfamiliar with the practice and the study i think my reaction would be if i'm told something about my sign or um you know a connectivity with another person i would be like well it sounds like i don't you know have 100% control over that there's things that i'm inclined mm-hmm. to do that is just the way i'm wired and i don't like that so it could be a control thing it could be an ego thing um, at a glance and obviously I, goes hand in hand with um some of the uh lesser great elements of masculinity possibly that would be my first guess um but i will say to your point my my audience is 88 percent female at least just based on instagram so it's, it's all women so i've learned so much and that's why like i'm i'm genuinely not just saying it like eager to learn because yeah i'm curious as well it's like my my listenership is women and they're very into um, that kind of thing, but I think my hesitancy has come from conversations I've had where, you know, a woman would be like, ah, oh, you know, I met this guy, but then I learned his sign was so-and-so, and like that makes it complicated, and to me I hear things like that, I'm like, you know, we're just going to dismiss a person based on a sign or something that we've studied, like I'd love to, like, understand where that comes from um, and, you know, how to how to make appropriate decisions based on insight gleaned from those kinds of things, but to answer your original question, I think it's, yeah, probably a a a hesitancy to relinquish control or, you know, to own that creative process in your life completely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I it's really interesting because prior to the 60s and 70s, astrology, like so many other things, was really like a tool for dudes. You know, it was like a guy's thing. And then in the 60s and 70s, there were a lot of female astrologers who published books and there was obviously a lot of revolution and innovation going on at that time. And it and, and it started to be marketed towards women. And I think that there is just this natural, like, uh, women like astrology. We market towards women. We don't market towards men. Even though the fucking U.S. Army just did an astrology meme, which was, like, one of the <laughs> weirdest things I have ever experienced and encountered in my life seeing that, where I'm like, what dystopian nightmare am I existing in right now? Um, yes, I mean, I think I, I want to actually just before we talk about your chart, I want to ask you a question about having uh, the same <laughs> the same demographics as your following, but not being of your same demographic of your following. Um, why do you think it is that you have a majority female audience, and are you interested in trying to get more men on board? Are we giving up on the dudes? Like. Where, yeah. how should, because I, because we really do need to help the dudes, you know, we got to help the dudes. I, they don't really want to listen to me, but maybe they'll listen to you, but maybe they don't want to listen to you because they're not listening. I don't know what's yeah. going
1: on. I can't live up, um, give up on my, on my fellows. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just like, I grew my following quickly over the past two years. Um, and I think it's just that women are more receptive to the things I talk about. I mean, I, I'm literally just sharing my feelings all day, every day. Like it's a somewhat vulnerable, Uh, on honestly, sometimes cringy thing to do. And I think, um, women just appreciate that more. And I don't know, I play into it. I'm, you know, a you know, somewhat average dude who shares his feelings and does these things. And that's attractive to some women. Um, and that's great. And I lean into that. Um, but I mean, honestly, I, I think it's just kind of that dichotomy of the, you know, being a, a straight white male, who's willing to talk about these things in a, in a, Somewhat non fuckboy fashion that I think is like it really <laughs> is really appealing. Plus, also, like I didn't, I formerly never did dating content, it was just strictly mindfulness because I thought I was woefully unqualified to give dating advice. I still think I am, I still think it's the funniest thing in the world um, that I do this. Um, but when I started to do that, I think, oh, women. Uh, or anyone really a, a average guy, not an expert, not a guru, not a coach is giving advice on dating. That's cool. Maybe I could learn something from this because it's relatable. And then I think women like getting the flip side of the equation. Um, you know, what is a man thinking that kind of thing? But ultimately I, I genuinely think it's, it's a immediate receptiveness to more of the vulnerable thoughts I have. Um, That 12% of men who listen, though, they they dig it. I just think, yeah, it's getting your foot in the door and like removing that barrier to entry and that friction. Um, But yeah, I'd love to have more men on board. But
0: follow up question Who is Joe Rogan? (laughs) Do you know who this person is? Because it seems like that's where the men want to go.
1: I mean, I I listened to his podcast before. Like, who is he? I don't listen to him because I think he's some icon. I listen to him because his guests are interesting.
0: Is that who he is? He's someone who has good guests.
1: <laughs> By my definition, yes. <laughs> I'm not really interested. N- no disrespect to him. I'm not really interested in his uh, his opinions because they're they're very slanted and skewed, and he pushes his own agenda. But yeah, I like that he has good conversations. But that's it. Like I, I under men are obsessed with him, and I, I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you. I know you cannot speak for all men, but. Just, you know, within the container of this podcast, if you happen to know who Joe Rogan is and why dudes are listening to him, any information would be greatly appreciated (laughs) because it is one of those things where I'm like, this guy, like him, really him? You know, I understand, like, I understand when guys are listening to like entrepreneurs. Like I even understand Elon Musk. I I get it. Like Elon Musk is modern day Batman. Makes sense. But Joe Rogan is just one of those where I'm like, yeah. I don't know. But guys seem to like it. And, you know, if maybe some of the guys who are listening to Joe Rogan want to hang out with mindfulness practitioners and astrologers, like we might live in a even better yeah. world.
1: Yeah, maybe you See <laughs> a little bit more trajectory. balance. I mean, I think I'd, yeah, I'd have to look back and like, really dig into Joe. But I mean, I think men are attracted to him because he's a man's man. He likes hunting and steak and drinking and cigars and smoking. And he talks to other manly men. And it's great. Um, That's why I listen like when I want a dose of masculinity and interesting conversations with people who are in the top, 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 top of their field. I tune in. Um, And I think it's just it's just spread how anything viral spreads. People are interested in things that other people are interested in. And it's become the narrative that men like Joe Rogan. So if you're a man, Mm -hmm. and you want to be interested in something. It's an easy default. (laughs) And uh, voila.
0: so, you know, on the topic of masculinity, it's actually something that's really important in your birth chart. Um, I don't know if you know anything about being an Aries, but it is the first sign of the Zodiac. It is the it's a fire sign and it's actually the spark that gets the entire system going. Um, It is associated with sort of like raw, untethered, unabashed, unapologetic energy. And a lot of the time that looks at least in a lot of the sort of archetypes that we work with as sort of like mask like raw masculinity and obviously for all of my like lovely female Aries listeners it doesn't mean that you have higher levels of testosterone if you don't want them it's simply like there is that sort of like intensity associated with Aries that is often associated with more traditional masculine energy and that's your sun sign that's how you exude that's what makes you happy that's what brings you joy that's what the sun represents so being able to maintain sort of like that sense of self while still adding the dimensionality and the layers and the honesty and the authenticity and the vulnerability and the genuinity to your work, I think actually really is you living your sun sign because obviously, you know, your chart, even though we can't see what all of the different placements are until you text your mom, we still, we know that you have just like everyone else, you have all of the zodiac signs in your chart. You have all of the different planets that all mean different things. It's possible that you have, the Scorpio moon, which is your internal world being super intense, super emotional, super intuitive, or you might have a Sagittarius moon, in which case your emotional world is all about philosophy and learning and exploring and expanding. Either way, it's different ways of expressing your sort of external solar energy and then your internal lunar energy. And Gender aside, like everybody has all of these dynamics and all of these components to them. Um, But I do think that telling, you know, I I think that it's your mission. I'm offering you a mission, which is to get men to listen to mindfulness and to get them to under if since you can understand what the psychology is, to try to bring them (laughs) into being more thoughtful because there I want to have more male clients. I want to talk about this with guys. And it's it's not that I don't love the clients and the people that are listening. It's just that these are tools for self-actualization. These are tools to get better, to become a better person, to show up as a more authentic version of self and then to show up interpersonally as a more kind, compassionate, honest, you know, boundary-based human being, which is really what the name of the game is. And I think that it's your mission to go and
1: I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, that fires me up. I love that. And I, I think you're so right. And it, like, I think about that too. It's like, how can I, how can I, how can we like simplify the pitch for men? Because I think sometimes that's what it is. Men have preconceived notions about all these things. And I think a lot about this, like simplifying the pitch for mindfulness, simplifying the pitch for sensitivity compounded with health, healthy ego. I think about it like, it doesn't feel good to live a life that's inauthentic. Men, women, it doesn't feel good. It feels discontent. It feels uncomfortable because you know you have something that's not true to you. You're faking it or you're doing something that doesn't sit right to you. And it's like the picture I've always given for men is like be mindful because it feels good. (laughs) Like it feels good to be truthful and honest to yourself. And even if it results in awkwardness or embarrassment or something, like I'll take that any day of the week than living a life where I'm just uncomfortable. And that's like I, I try to position it in the realm of like, do something that's selfish for you. Like fix your, fix your,
0: very Aries. Perfectly (laughs) Aries. Aries is this Aries, the statement of Aries is I am selfishness is actually an important, like essential part of your Zodiac sign. And I don't mean that in a like slanderous Uh, way. I mean that in like a, that's your superpower, like to, and then to advocate that and to help people be more, I am, you know, for that to be the affirmation, for that to be the sort of like that, for that to be the common denominator, I think is really powerful. I love
1: that. That gives me an episode idea. Be more. I am. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's powerful because
0: some. Make sure you credit me.
1: I absolutely
0: will. I absolutely <laughs> will. That's great. I have a few questions for you now. My first question is. What do you believe in?
1: Well, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier. I think I believe that every I believe in in the power of creation. I think everyone has the ability to create something in their, in their life from scratch. Not necessarily entrepreneurship or business or even content creators, although that's where I tend to skew. I think everyone has a story worth sharing, but I really do believe that everyone has the ability to create something. Um, and that, that could take all kinds of different shapes and forms. It could be as simple as volunteering. You're, you're creating an emotional connection. You're giving away time, resources, feelings, whatever it may be. Um, but like back to the the talent comment, like I used to think I was like talentless. I used to think I didn't have the ability to create, but I've really tapped into that ability um, just by really leaning into what makes me true. I oh, People always ask me, well, what is your talent? And I was like, well, it's the most random, obscure talent in the world. But I'd say my talent is the ability to simplify things, specifically emotions, understanding of life, relationships, things like that. You would never see that on a list of top 100 talents It is just not a talent. But I think everyone has something like that that can give them purpose in life. So that, that is what I believe in that everyone has the ability to sit down, figure out what it is, and then allow it to lead them to some type of action in life that I think could be really, really, really fulfilling. Mm
0: hmm. Why did you think that you were talentless?
1: Yeah, that's not, that sounds more dark than it is. I just think I just... I, no,
0: but even if yeah. it is dark, like dark or not dark, I, I'm not yeah. afraid of dark
1: <laughs> <that> shit. <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, I, I just think, because I, I, to my point, I was borrowing other people's definitions of talents and success and happiness. Like I used to think, oh, if you're a single dude in your late 20s, here's what being a single dude in your late 20s looks like. Here's what being a happy single dude in your 20s looks like. It looks like having a roster. It looks like bottles at the clubs. It looks like being a fuck boy because that's what all the memes glorify. That's what it looks like. What does it look like to be successful? Well, obviously Forbes, 30 under 30. 500k a year whatever like all these preconceived notions um and the same with happiness all happiness means having you know 30 friends brunch every saturday boozy like all these things like that is the definition of happiness success fulfillment whatever and some of those are true um but not all of them until i defined it for myself through just literal trial and error. (laughs) That's all it
0: was. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, I mean that Forbes 30 under 30, man, that really, that really fucks with your head. Like I remember it's, it's crazy how much weight that pulls and how much like on a, that for sort of setting these expectations and these standards, you know, like it's interest. I don't think it's specifically Forbes. I think that Forbes 30 under 30 is the symbol of, that kind of pressure of you need to have your life figured out by the time you're 30. And if you don't, you're fucked. Like, which is like, the irony is, is that from an astrological perspective, anything that you start in your twenties is going to (laughs) collapse. I mean,
1: for the listeners,
0: like, don't come for me, but like before your Saturn return, like don't get married. Don't like have a business that you think is going to be the thing that you do forever and not pivot. Like don't make these commitments to what you think your future is going to be before your Saturn return before you're 29. So uh, interestingly, it's kind of the antithesis of Forbes 30 under 30 because it's like experiment in your 20s as much as possible because in your 30s is when things start to actually get solidified. They should make
1: it the Forbes 30 over 30. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. It's so funny because like, I, so again, somehow ended up in this role where I'm giving advice and I, I try to answer as many DMs and things like that. And I always get people, you know, telling me how, you know, frustrated and sad and lost they are in life. And I sit there and I empathize and I, and I ask questions and I'm like, oh wait, quick question. How old are you? They're like, I'm 23. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I never thought I'd be that guy being like, you're so young, <laughs> but like, there's so much truth to like the revolutions you go through when you're 22, 25, 27, 29, 33, like we need, like, I th- again, I think life's about balance. It's about being incredibly patient, but also having a sense of urgency to learn, not to get it right, but to learn, hit reset, move forward, learn, reset, move forward. And I just, yeah, age does nothing but get us in trouble when we start putting timelines on ourselves. So,
0: but the interesting thing is that for any listeners who are in their 20s right now, they're like, oh, whatever like I actually get it like they're bullshitting like I know what it's like because you actually need to get to the other side of it in order to understand it it's not something that you can like be like huh maybe these 30 something year olds are right (laughs) like when you're in your 20s you feel this immense pressure to be successful and to have everything figured out that really just by the time you enter your 30s and you actually start a new decade over again you're like oh my god I'm kind of young again ironically like it's it it's so liberating. It's so freeing. It's so, um, it, it's so inspiring because you feel like the world is your oyster.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love getting older. I <laughs> love it.
0: Me too. It's my favorite thing so far. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, so I would like to pull a tarot card Great. for you. And I would love for you to, I mean, there's two options. There's one that I would hopefully I, I want to direct you towards, which is the first, which is uh, if you have a question or something that you would like to ask about, um, I can, even if you don't have like the exact wording for it, I can help you come up with the wording for it, or I could just pull a card and we could see what comes up, but I really would prefer yeah, the first Oh, one.
1: for sure. Just any, any question, vague, specific. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say like, um, for me, I'm I'm jumbling a lot of purpose-driven ideas right now. So the question that I'm kind of jumbling around in my head is like, what's next for me? Like, what, what should my, my focus be next? in my life, creative relationships, everything.
0: This is so funny because um, yesterday I was with a friend of mine and she brought a a deck of cards and I asked the exact same question. (laughs) (laughs) So I say, I have something I say, which is called tank, which means there are no coincidences. And I would say that that was a tank moment. Okay. So from what I understand, because I like to make sure I get the question, because obviously all of this is communication based. What's the best Place for you to be focusing your energy. You have a lot of energy, and it's going into different pursuits. But at this moment, on this on this Monday, what is the best vessel for your energy? Is am I understanding right? right? Okay, cool. Let us see what it is. The Chariot, which is the Cancer card. So, first question: Do you? Well, I know that you're not. You don't know a lot about astrology, but was it anyone's birthday recently? That's important to you or upcoming in the next two weeks. That is important to you.
1: Uh, because
0: we are in cancer season. Recently, currently.
1: there was a birthday like two days ago. If that counts.
0: Yes. Would you share with me whose birthday? It that was,
1: was my, my dad's birthday.
0: Oh, okay, cool. So that's what this card is. This card is about your father, your family, your relationship with, like those extensions in your life. We're in cancer season currently. And this card, when I whenever I see it, it's really a person to me. So that's why I always like to ask, who's the cancer in your life? Um, it is, oh, there it is. Wow, beautiful coming into focus. So this guy, what is really interesting is that this is, here's a guy who is spiritually connected. He has, he's in his chariot. So he's like fully armored and he is protected in this beautiful celestial enclosure. Um, he's obviously ready for battle, but he's also connecting to the cancerian energy of doing it from the heart. So there's a lot of intuitive, emotional energy surrounding this, even though we're coming into the situation a little bit guarded, we are coming in with our armor on, we're ready for battle. We also are feeling protected. So maybe this is what I'm getting from this. I wonder how when when we talk about like you being the ambassador for men, I wonder if patient zero is your father.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, very possible.
0: (laughs) So maybe Uh. that is where to focus energy is figuring out how, if I were to try to get my father on board with this, what would I need to say and Uh. explain and do in order for him to really understand how to embody this kind of work? I love
1: that. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Cool. cool. Cool.
0: Um, my last <laughs> question for you is how does magic show up in your life?
1: Oh man. Uh, great question. I, I, I think magic in my life has been a direct result of stubbornness. Like I have just found that the more healthy, healthy, like healthy stubbornness, not like sticking out a toxic relationship or something like that. But, well, healthy, stubbornness, dedication to something just inevitably has led to a, a moment of magical breakthrough a moment where the graph is like that and then it's all sudden like that even if it's three years after you started your stubbornness journey whether that's uh, fitness uh, a dedication to developing confidence uh, a creative outlet uh, my business like I've just found so many magical breakthroughs have been the result of um, leaning into my stubbornness because I've always been incredibly stubborn refute
0: you're like that's a skill i I think so
1: i just refuse to quit and it's not because like i always want to win it's just because i'm too stubborn to stop Uh, well
0: do you know that another thing with aries is that they are the most competitive sign of the zodiac
1: i mean makes sense
0: (laughs) yeah aries are aries need to win that's like the mission of aries and i am saying this as like an aries ambassador my fiance is an aries i love Aries. Aries. aries My grandfather is in Aries. I love Aries energy. It's like it's so inspiring to me. But yeah, it's it's extremely competitive. It's like I have to be the best. I have to win. And nothing's going to stop me.
1: Uh, well, there you go. It seems very true in my life. And I'd say magic can come from that. Proven.
0: Yes. So go forth and text your mom to get your birth time so we could really do your full chart. But. Until then, where can our listeners find you and connect with you and continue to learn
1: your wisdom? Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. This is super, super interesting, like very different from any other uh, interview I've done. So I appreciate that so much. Um, super easy. Case.Kenny on Instagram. Podcast is called New Mindset Who Dis and then discom
0: Amazing. Thank you so thank much. Thank
1: you. Appreciate it.